Okay. All right, making wine work with Gabby and Dave. Yay! G'day, I'm Dave. And I'm Gabby. <laughs> We're going to make wine work. We're going to make it work. We're going to make your wine work. Oh, God, help me. Yes. It's going to be pretty good. Um, yes. <clears throat> why do you want to listen to this podcast? All right, so we're going to um, talk about Gabby's first wine. Yes. Yeah. I have made wine for other people, and this is the first time that I'm doing it for myself. So I am so green in the space of establishing a label for myself that I think talking through the entire process and hearing your thoughts and your guidance and also learning along the way could quite be an exploration of ideas that I would want to listen to. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, there are ideas that I want to talk about because um, I love talking about wine. Um, also, we're going to bring in people as you need them. Yeah. Uh, so when you're building your website, we'll talk to some web people. Um, when you're, you know, designing your cardboard packaging, we'll talk to some cardboard people. Um <laughs> Freelancers, gig economy, you can get mates to do half of this. You can Absolutely. hire professionals. Absolutely, I know. It's like on a budget, on a budget. It always comes down to the bottom line, doesn't it? But for sure, mm. all these people are valuable resources of which I am going to pick their brains mm. profusely. Um, I think personally there's two types of winemakers in Australia. Mm -hmm. um, there's people who are doing it on a budget because they love wine and they buy the tons of grapes that they want to make and that they're obsessed with that yeah. um, maybe they are leading up to buying a farm and getting their own vines um, and they don't make a lot of money because they put it all into next year's vintage and they're the lifeblood of <laughs> most of the economy <laughs> and the whole industry. <laughs> the greatest taxpayers too, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then there's um, Massive companies, yeah, who buy, the side. Yeah, yeah, buy the hundred ton, um, and make make uh, the amount of liters that you need multiple commas mm. to keep track of the amount of liters of wine that you have. Oh. Um, and this pod's not for you. No, so move See on. You later. <laughs> Unless you currently work for them and you want to make real wine. Oh, then... <laughs> or just downgrade. Just just take a step back into more nuanced areas. Mm. I don't know. So a little bit about scale. I think for me, um, Source Shop is my uh, marketplace where we sell indie wine, mm -hmm. and we classify indie wine as crushing less than 150 tons. Beautiful. Because the way that the business model works in the industry is that you 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 can't do more than that and still do everything by hand. No. Um, you, you need to scale up with machine harvesting and, and stuff. You won't be able to hand press a hundred, <laughs> yeah, or, or five hundred tons I mean, or something. Yeah, unless you just want nubs for hands, by the yeah. <laughs> um, so that's what that's what we're gonna <clears throat> focus on. So, so, okay, so what's happened so far? What's the story okay, so far? The story thus far. Um, so yes, decided to make a wine late last year and then essentially I contacted um no I made a mine I was having a beer with and he was like oh, I'm interested in this young winemaker program that is done out in Hillsville called number seven Hillsville yeah and it's a very beautiful little restaurant and urban winery that you can see the benefits of um Spike who runs the restaurant makes his own wine and he's got all the facilities there so why not introduce new up-and-coming winemakers who have never established a label before. Let them use the 
facilities, you know, you do you do mm. pay essentially to use that. And that planted a seed in the back of my brain being like, maybe I'll maybe I'll uh, embark on that next year. But no, I was hating my job and it, this pandemic has ruined everything. So I was like, if not now, then when? Mm. So I went and met with them and they, I fooled them into believing that I was really, really good. <laughs> um, and they're like, absolutely, come on, let's do it. So they, I, essentially the questions for style and everything, I wanted wine that I would drink with it had to like had to suit every family member ultimately it had to be a wine that my dad yeah, could drink family. my family specifically yeah. it's all this is all collingwood family collingwood family <laughs> exactly we do yeah. have most sets of teeth it's <laughs> um so it was something that my dad would would drink like probably not choose on the list but he would drink if i encouraged him and he yeah. would be He's old bistro. Boomer man. He's a boomer man. Yeah. He's, yeah. And then something that my mum, she loves a Pinot and she's she's much more of a white drinker, but if it was yeah. something with a enough of a romantic story in terms of the red wine, she would impart. Cool. Then, so just to get an understanding of the demographic of your mum, yeah. does she have um, a pair of brightly coloured glasses? She, green, doesn't, she doesn't have a brightly coloured but they are iconic. Like they are so, they're like these pitch black, very round, um, like Italian thick. Like she, she, she's got. She's stylish. <laughs> she's stylish. She's okay. stylish. But she's had these glasses for like 10, 15 years and they just look so good. Okay. So she's quirky. Yeah, she's got the quirk and she's got cool. stuff. Cool, cool. Um, and then my brother just loves a chilled red. Like, just loves a chilled red. Loves a chilled red. Anything, just chilling just chilling in the fridge with the red. In, whatever, he doesn't care. So, whereas me, coming from my inner city, um, like, pains me to say this, but, yeah, hipster life, mm. um, I just like stuff that is fun and not that cerebral and, like, user-friendly to lots of food on a smorgasbord or picnic rug or, mm. you know, it can be drunk at 2 a.m. or 2 p.m. and, you know, it's not detracting from my conversation essentially. It's okay. just enhancing it. Cool. Cool. So what grape did I choose, everybody? Yeah. It was Call in now. Yeah. yeah text, text line <laughs> is open. Go get it. Um, Sangiovese. I just forgot the word for a second. It was uh, Sangiovese. That and how much did you get? 2.4 tonne. And how many litres would that um, get you? We're currently sitting at about, I think it's a, it's a, it's under 2,000. It was about 1,800 litres, I think. Because nice. so, that'll vary depending on your press. Exactly. Exactly. So um, the fruit was really, really good. I was fortunate. It all kind of lucked because how the program works is that these guys do hold your hand and they help you find fruit so yep. they had connections with stefani estate in hillsville yep. um and ali uh ali was um very kind enough to he's just taken over the family vineyard and he's been overseas making wine in italy and germany and i think he's he's quite attached to he didn't want to give as much fruit away to because he wants to. Ah, it was his sand. It was his sand. I mean, they, he said to me, he's like, no, you can take that pot, but not this pot. Ah. <laughs> um, so 
he yeah I, I really admire that he's very he's the next generation of winemakers and very keen to like step into these more modern styles mm. so when I said to him that I wanted a lighter earlier pit he went absolutely that's what I want to do so great for continuity I was very thankful that there was no need to have um I didn't have to compromise on like bone yeah for example or yeah dates or sugar levels etc so just um, for context on number seven Hillsfield, that yes. isn't isn't a contract winery. They don't no just you can't just call them up and say Can I I'm, I'm sending you five no. ton, make it for me. Absolutely not. Which there are places out there that you can just call up. That that's contract winemaking. Yeah. Um, the other option you had was to buy everything and put it in your garage and do it yourself. Yep. It was like Alex from Little Brunswick Co. Yes. started in his basement, you know, liquor licensing, don't look into that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then uh, he was starting to accumulate all the stuff that he needed, uh, press, bottle of, uh, stainless, yeah. vessels. Yeah, um, upscaling. And, yeah, grew too big and now has his own winery, mm-hmm. which I assume runs at the same way as number yeah. seven years ago, where you can apply for a young winemaker program. That's it. And then you get to use all the shiny shiny stainless. Shiny stainless, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The I think the I might be wrong, but I think it's about four years old. The winery, three cool. or four years old. So everything is still pretty brand spanking new. And, and they just charge you by the wine. They they charge you. So there's essentially like a service fee, which I can't remember the figures off the top of my head. But um, mm. so you will pay for the value of the fruit plus labour. People can go to number seven Hillsville.com yeah, and, and figure it out. Find out. Um, yeah, you got a computer, also, type something in. Yeah, <laughs> do your own research. The amazing thing I really admire for them is that they focus on people who have absolutely not established a, um, a label before, mm. but you have wide history. So there has to be, you, this isn't. I think you, you have to be really, really keen into wine person to maybe get a gig in the first place. So gotcha. this isn't just for like stabbing the dark first time of touching wine. I obviously had a history in um, having made wine in the past and uh, having a yeah, you work in wine, working right about wine, wine. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. but they were like, yeah, this is fine, this is a shoe-in because there is some assumed knowledge and... Yeah, there is some assumed knowledge there, and it is important to kind of this isn't just embarking on a first timer. Yeah, where they don't want to have to explain what Boma is. No, or what but they will help you choose the number. That's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> gotcha. they will look at your acid levels, and they will yeah, yeah encourage you to perhaps sulfur a little bit. So, mm. um, so I wrote a little bit of a list mm, about where I'm you've sure got, where you're yeah. up to at, at number seven. <laughs> so we've got the grapes. We press the grapes. Yeah, we've made a wine. Yeah, um, it's currently sitting in barrel now. It's just mm. going through malolactic fermentation, but like almost to dry. So, mm. um, I will be in the next stage. I'm going to be racking from barrel, and then returning to barrel. And that's this Thursday. That's yeah, essentially yeah, yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. Um, this will be up by then. Oh, far out! <laughs> this is the future. Yeah, this is the first part will be up by yeah. then. So the other, I wrote a list of things that. Are coming up. Yeah, things that I should think of many. Yeah, <laughs> list of two that we'll talk about. Yeah. yeah. Okay, the panic attack is coming on. Yes. And I feel like we can touch on some of them today. All right. Um, but the ones that have already happened, um, I've got is your grapes. 
yeah. your transport of your grapes yeah. and storage of them. Yeah. Um, you're choosing your vessels. You said they're already in barrel. They're in. I tank. have one new. I did buy one barrel. The rest are all part of number seven, and cool. so it's all older oak, which was. I love that. We wanted to keep it fun and fresh. Yeah. I want to be able. I set myself the goal of. of this is wine that is not to be aged. This is wine to be sold within the year. <laughs> just, to, just to really be make specific. it difficult with myself. Yes, uh-huh. yes, exactly. Um, uh, and you've done a bit of a brand. What's it called? Buy Now. Boom. Easy. Yeah. I, mean, I, I thought about calling it um, the Lung, which is the street slang word. Uh, it's essentially just French slang. But I just had this image of somebody saying, I have a glass of Berlin, and then that butchered it. So I was yeah. like, Oh, what's you? the Berlin? Yeah. So I'm like, You can't butcher yeah. by Gab. It's mine by me. Yeah. Mm. I love that. So moving forward in your release schedule before yeah. you're, you know, what what else you've got to think about? <laughs> um, and I'd like to go, go through these. This is going to be the pod. This is, um, this is what we're going to do for the next year. What's it all? Uh, we're going to do deep dives. Um, so we've got bottling. Yes. That'll be fun. We've got labels and packaging. Yeah. we got your photography. Mm-hmm. you got your tech sheets. Um, and that one is interesting because your your tech sheet sh- should be for your buyer. Yes. So if your buyer wants to know you're picking yeah. by me and your asset yeah. and all that, it should be there. Yeah. But if it, they are confused by that or put off by that or don't understand it, maybe there's a better tech sheet for people who... For sure. Uh, I definitely know. think there is There's the wine nut or the, just the nerdy aspect that it's like that's what I want, the actual decimal point of everything. Mm. But for the layperson, you've ter- you're certainly glossing over that and it's got no relevance to whether mm. you can enjoy it or not. So, And um, there should be a rule about adjectives <laughs> on, on tech sheets. I don't know what that rule is, yeah. but less, less is, is more. more. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, then we've got your website. Yes. So how are you going to present yourself online mm-hmm. um, and how much that should cost and yeah. what kind of upkeep and yeah. what kind of resources you need? Um, and then from that, your presence on social media and how that ties together. Um, then we're going to talk about storytelling and writing copy, which is something that you and I... We're quite great. Yes. Yeah. It's something I know. Um, I write for um, uh, Sourced to get people to understand why um, marketplaces are, are good for suppliers yeah. and good for the, small, the grassroots industry. Yeah. Um, and... You write copy for I just, heaps of stuff. I've just, yeah, done tidbits forever and yeah. I am a verbose person, so I feel like. <laughs> and can we name drop Noble Rock, please? We can, we can name drop Noble Rock. I, I mean, mean, I didn't the website? For, for Noble Rock, but I definitely worked with the magazine. I was um, over in London doing that. And, yeah, I was quite inspired by the tone that they mm. had because it was so beautiful, this um, drug, sex and rock and roll. Yeah. And I was like, that's exactly how I speak for myself. That's how I've sold my story. It's just mm. always been this very authentic and um, honest approach. I think that at the moment you're trying to do somebody else's when it sounds mm. shit. Fake. Yeah. Yeah. So, there's so favourite person at Noble Rock? Oh, that's really cool. <laughs> I can't. I can't pick favorite. Can't Anna. Pick. Anna. 
Anna. Anna who works in the office. Yeah, she's she's amazing. She was my my mentor. Fantastic. Yeah. Shout out to Anna. Great work. <laughs> um, so writing copy, we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot about that. Um, and that'll kind of come into the next point, which is press releases. Yes. Um, and then I've got a couple of guests ready for that, some journalists and uh, who receive press releases and some marketers who send them out um, and people who have done it successfully and um, not successfully. Mm. Um, I've got a couple of people who have paid a lot of money for press releases that fall on deaf ears um, and you get no press. Yeah. Why? Why? I want to know. Mm. Um, tone. <laughs> do, yeah, tone. Just tone. Read the room, folks. Read the room. Um, so after your storytelling and your, your press releases, um, then you get into the nitty-gritty of actually yeah. distributing. Yeah, and the sales. Getting it into the hands. So how are you going to take orders? What discounts are you going to offer? How are you going to do tastings, samples, and gifts? Yeah. Um, especially on your first thing, a lot of friends and family are going to want a want a bottle for Christmas. This is it? Yeah, that was that was my backup. That if the wine totally stuffed up, I was like, everyone's being very fancy. Boss, I'm going to go for the next <laughs> five years. So <laughs> uh, then you got decisions facing you with storage and dispatch. Yep. Um, whether you're going to use your own warehouse or go with a three PL. Um, or, so, or you can sell to um, to someone with a warehouse and they'll do all your they'll yeah, sell it for you. It's yeah. not your problem anymore. Um, and I guess my position in that, having a marketplace, is that well, I'm an advocate <laughs> for you doing it yourself. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, for wow. me, it makes so much sense. Why would you want to give over 35 percent a distributor, a conventional distributor, who will take all your stock and put it in their warehouse? We'll take thirty five percent off off your LEC. And I just think realistically, this is—I mean, my my volumes are so petite in a wonderful sense. Like, there's enough there, but mm. for me to manage for the moment. But I don't want to get lost amongst a massive portfolio of just three hundred producers who are. Yeah, mm. I want to. You also of, don't want to be pounding the pavement with no, no client list. Yeah, exactly. Where's so the there's money? a middle ground. Yikes. Yeah. So once you've got storage and dispatch, then you've got invoicing. Yes. Um, and then the follow-up on that, which is accounts receivable. Because mm-hmm. um, you don't want things to go sour with someone who, where you're like, pay me, pay me, yeah, pay me. Please. Exactly, which is, a, I mean, the, that's it. Everything is, is 28 days cycles ultimately, mm. which when you come from full-time work of consistent wages. Yeah. <laughs> it's a new endeavour. It is. It is. It is. Get used to it. Fresh take. I know. Credit. <laughs> and um, cash flow across the year is mm. something that we will um, we'll look at afterwards as well, maybe post-launch, um, because you've got a, a budgeting for next year's scraps yeah. and next year's bottles. Yeah. Um, so. And also with no help of number seven at that point. Oh, you're out of number seven. You do it by yourself. After one year, you are kicked out and you are, yeah, staying in the big world. So you'll go to another co-run winery where you can use their things? Hopefully. Hopefully I can hustle something on because I don't don't have a garage, unfortunately. True. (laughs) My little one-bedroom apartment. Yeah. That's, mm. that's, I can't be sleeping on Yeah, landlords hate it when you move in oh, a yeah. 2,000 litre ferment. Ah, <laughs> what are you going to do? What are you going to do? So, um, I guess um, if 
there are any co-working wineries listening to this first <laughs> app, I'm, V23. I'm keen. <laughs> yeah. keen. Um, we'll send you a bottle of the By Gab Sand. Yeah. Um, and if you think that you can make it better at your house, <laughs> then um, we'll bring uh, we'll we'll bring Gabby over. That's it. Um, and you're going to do four four ton next year, five ton next year. I think yes. I think right. I'm going to try and double. I'm, I'm going to try and double. Cool. I want more. I'm greedy. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, so I want to. Um, what should we do now? Should we go over what's already happened? Yeah. Or what should we? What? What? Do you want to pick one? Yeah. Let's talk about your brand. Okay, my brand. Because yeah. um, I think that's where a lot of people start. Yes. They're like, oh, I've got a name, or I've got a, I'm, I'm going to put a, um, put a goldfish on the logo. Yes. Um, and it's going to be this is going to be the brand. Mm. Um, and that's great, but um. There's the application of the blend, the final, the final actual uses of it. Yes. Um, I'd like to just go through a little bit. Yeah. Touch base on where you're at so With, far. Yes. Yeah. Um, I was quite overwhelmed at first, obviously, when you're establishing a label because mm. you're, you're looking, you're looking at all your favourite uh, examples for inspiration, mm. for comparison, and I... Give me a couple. Who you got? Well, I loved, like, I love, like, ephemera, for example. Like, awesome. From ephemera. I That's thought, um, Dan, Dandenongs? No. Where are they? He does, he does a little yeah, bit everywhere. East. Like, he's got, a, I feel like he's done a bit of Yarra. He's done a bit of Gippsland. Mm. I, I just know that I love it. That's mm. <laughs> so I'm terrible. This is uh, Ren. Ren. Randall, yeah, yeah. he is a very talented winemaker. He's a talented winemaker, really mm. creative person. Um, and he shares with Jasmine Wakeley from... I didn't know that. Uh, from La Tambra. La Tambra. La Tambra. I'm so glad you said it first. Because I'm always like, Timbre? <laughs> Timbre. Yeah. Shout out to Jazz. Oh, she's wonderful. Yeah. I think they share a winery together and that's... Didn't surprise me. Yeah. Surprise me. That's yeah. one of the perks of doing it for, I think, six or seven years now that's it that's it um they've found people who they work really well together and you can mm. share equipment and yeah um, i think that's that's fantastic that's what we want to see in the industry that's it doing that's it sharing is caring mm. um i love both of those labels it's just like these but there were stories um associated with the words to them personally so that kind of which i'm not going to repeat because i can't remember for the sake of me uh. um but I, at the time, that kind of romanticism of your connection to the product, mm. I thought was that's exactly what I want because, yeah, as I said, I'm the brand. Like, mm. this is an extension of me. This is my edible art that I'm putting out in the world. Mm. So I was trying to think of, like, because from my history of making more in France, I was like, oh, look, I could be like everybody else and do, like, a fancy French word. But then... That didn't sit right with me either um, because I couldn't find one specific word that could encapsulate all of these feelings and experiences. So it was actually me mum that said, Me mum. Why don't you just call it like something to do with gab? Like, why don't you just gabify it? Why don't you gabify it? And then I realized that um, when I, with the whole French slang, route that I went that I was like, oh, they'll end the line. Um, so 
in Burgundy where I worked, the, I had a nickname on the vineyard called Yagab, which is essentially how they do slang. It's, it's like this is the Latin. reverse. It's the reversal. So like thumb, the word female becomes meuf, which means chick in French. Like you flip the words. So Gabby became the Gab. As and a cash version. As a cash version. Yeah. So I was like, well, Gab, buy Gab, bang, done. Done. That's it. Because um, what is it? It's wine by Gab. And if I dabble into beer or spirits or like, I don't know, tofu, whatever, mm. it could be the sweet Anything you can ferment. Anything you can ferment, potentially, yes. Um, yeah. So, and that felt right. I think there mm. is a, there is a, a sentimentality in going with Gab. So mm. that, that to me, and people, it's, all, it's always um, fascinating to see people's response to what you're going to pitch to. And people, mm. you can tell when they're being um, kind, like they're trying to say something, oh, yeah, that's nice, <laughs> or if they're going to be brutally honest about it. And I got that real nice middle ground that people just kind of like thought about it and they went, yeah, yeah, that's of good. course, sure, what? yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just looking at um, Ephemera and Le Tombe. Le Tombe. Le yeah. Uh, labels online. And um, Ephemera in particular has this beautiful um, sort of narrow type font yes. on, the, on the word Ephemera. Yes. And then he's got just some abstract line work. Yeah. Who's um, used Bordeaux, uh, sorry, Burgundy bottles for most of them. Yeah. Um, with cork, and they look great. They really, really. They look great. There's a lot online for between thirty and thirty-five bucks. Yeah. Which means that they're getting sold in the in the teens, in the high teens. For LUC, yeah. Um, for LUC to to bottle shops and bars and restaurants, um, and that's fantastic value to get this kind of bottle, this kind of paper. He's got heavy stock, some gold leaf even, yeah. and under cork. That's that's all of those things oh, point no, to a, a winemaker who really yeah. gives a shit. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and even the word ephemera is essentially it means along the lines of something that is only here for a brief moment in time. So it's only supposed to be enjoyed momentarily. Love that ephemeral exactly. feelings of deliciousness. Just, so yeah, that's hell yeah. Mm. We're here for a good time, not a long time. Yeah. Um, and then Jasmine's at Le, Le Tambre. Um, that is a lot more colourful. Yeah. And a lot more, um, I guess, uniform in it. Um, you know, it's big letters and it's colour, but then she yes. just changes the colour. Yeah, flips, um, flips the shades for the different products. For the um, different products. And that is fantastic for brand recognition. Yes. Yeah. And it is also like when it, when it comes to using perhaps a foreign word, it is one of those words that is still, it's not too, it's still approachable. It's not a word that is got people are going to panic at trying to, well, I mean, even though you're like, I'm so glad you said it before I did. I say that in like if it was a really, really, uh, eclectic French words that went. I just think you're setting yourself up for yeah. butchering, yeah. and it'd be hard to remember, or mm. it would be hard to if people panic in the pronunciation of it. Then I just can see the whole consumer experience. Like, 
you want this to be as easy as possible for them. Mm. If you get the product into their hand, the sale is halfway done. That's how I believe it. So mm. if they're timid or terrified to be even asking the question of what is that, I don't know. I just think you want to set yourself up for as many wins as possible. So Definitely. I really love that this is an integration of just like a little bit of, um, you know, European or old world, a nod to that with this kind of like more easy and approachable mm. Colloquial not. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I recently helped a client set up a bottle shop that's going to be in the CBD um, in Melbourne mm-hmm. um, called La Cave Garage. Mm. Um, Bang. Which is the car park seller. There you go. But you don't need to know French to pick out the word cave and garage. That's it. So we're like, this conveys that it's predominantly French wine. Yes. Um, and it also has the word garage in it. It does. Which everyone goes, that's garage. Why is it in a garage? It's because the wine shop's in a garage. Yes. And you have to walk past a bunch of cars to, to get to it. To get to yeah. it. Yeah. So I think it really makes sense. I think it does. We went We went through a couple of initiations, uh, initiate, no, um, iterations, iterations, rather, yeah. of that. And... Um, uh, yeah, we, we the conversations were always about what is approachable to someone who is going to spend this much money and yeah. is from Australia, so probably doesn't speak that much French. And I also, I kind of love in terms of that um, there's a little, it's a little bit cheeky, it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek and a little it is. bit we were trying playful. To be, yeah. yeah, so... The yeah. softening, which which is a very modern, like these are the steps that we're taking in modern winemaking and drinking. It's that mm. we're getting away from this like elitist, uh, stuffy. Um, you've got to look how great Penfolds is. Literally, you've yeah. got to be able to speak a certain way and know a certain thing in order to touch the the fancy fancy mm. juice or whatever. No, it's like mm. you can be a run of the mill person who says Le Cave Garage. And it's great. And then drink Premier Cru Burgundy. Like, Boom. you know, it doesn't have to be. little side hustle idea. Yeah. Um, for, for all the boomers out there who love Penfolds and built their um, businesses in its shadow in the 70s and 80s, I reckon when drone photography came out, Yes. They were the first ones to be like, yes, I want to show everyone how great my rows and rows of vines are. Everyone needs to see how awesome the huge farmhouse is that I built and, I, and this massive dam <laughs> that, I, that I use to irrigate the wines that yeah. grow in a place that shouldn't be growing wines. And it's this massive flex of like, yeah. look how... Uh, amazing we are. Yeah. Whereas I think all these uh, new school winemakers, like yourself, Ephemeral, Tombra, are all like, no, we work really hard and we do it uh, in the most sustainable and and, um, best way possible. And, like, I I can so understand because that was the way that it used to be, that it was like to make noise you had to be grand. You had to be grandiose. You had to be a very visual presence and show back it up Mm. with these quite ostentatious estates. Big gates. Put bigger gates. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Even the word um, 
estate I find is like so entrenched in a certain snapshot in the wine industry because mm. it is. It was like we we grow it here, we live, we breathe it here, we do everything on this estate, mm. and nowadays it's like so much more the gypsy winemaking program, which I would love. I would really love. Like I love one of these um, absolute legends of the industry um, to like come out and like bang. I don't know somebody on a yacht on their label and just call it like yacht rock juice or something oh you, know? you think Gioconda should do yeah, it yeah. Just, just make just start like to, to have a foot in yeah. jasper's yeah. hill if you're listening yeah. um yacht <laughs> rock we're gonna we're gonna your new wine is called yacht rock yeah. um yeah and it's a 15 and a half percent uh heathgate shiraz it's like in new oak <laughs> It's like, what's his name? Um, he sings horses. Um, Daryl. Daryl. Mother <laughs> flipping right I just, he did the, um, he did the whole concept of like, like the day festivals and three day festivals of like Victoria and New South Wales and stuff. Like he went to, um, I think. Oh, like day on the green. Day on the green and stuff like that. And just started, like he'd just do a cameo of just having to sing horses. But <laughs> we would all absolutely weep with just like euphoric bliss and with, yeah, get on it, Jasmine. Get it. You know? Get it. Which I just, I just think that like, just take the pretentiousness out of it and make, if you want to relate to these people as the next generation of, like, make it relatable. Mm. Make it relatable. I made friends in Hawaii. Um, I was there at a wedding. And, <laughs> and yeah, we went horseback riding. It was, a, it was like two days after the ceremony or whatever, we're hanging out and we're like, for day activities, you oh. can, a bunch of us are going snorkeling and a bunch of us are going horseback riding. And I was like, horses, I love snorkeling, but I can go snorkeling anywhere. I don't have a horse. <laughs> so I was like, horseback oh, riding. And then in the car right there, um, it was all these Americans because uh, it was it was a half American wedding um, and half Aussie, and all the Americans in my car had never heard horses before. Oh shit! So I just cranked it. Yes. Well, he's not. Apparently, he's just not famous over there. Oh my there. god! It's like they don't know who um, Whispering Jack is yeah. either. Oh, fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're the voice. I know. Yeah. Well, see, <laughs> I'm the voice. I'm the voice. I'm the voice of Australia. I, exactly. Honestly, I think that's the that's the beauty of like, and like mm. this is this isn't an Australian like I'm I'm totally applying my Australian lens on this. Like this is very much, I I appreciate that kind of niche um, uh, selling point or references and stuff like that. But then this is because I am a niche. Product. Like I am yeah. so small and I'm trying to relate the people that I find relevant. So of course this is the type of stuff that gets you. Yeah, I course. now have like endless imagery of Dow Braithwaite on horses, like in my <laughs> whatever. Like, I don't know. I just sip in Chardonnay like a 1980s butterball, whatever. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Anyway, maybe that's an idea for next year's label. Mm. <laughs> I... <Pretty. laughs> Pony club or something, I'll call it. Well, we if we're going to talk about labels, we we have to. I think when we get to labels, yeah. Sorry, that's a, two, um, that's a pre, preemptive. I think we're going to have to hold, a whole another episode about NFTs. Oh, and I've got a couple of guys. We'll, we'll bring in some graphic designers and some people who know about NFTs because I don't. I'm... But basically, they're not just sports anymore. <laughs> you can digitize any artwork and. 
sell um, it. And, and, and sell it, but then people can license it. So you could license an NFT to use on your wine. Yes. Um, or you can license your wine as an NFT and sell it to someone else. Um, there's a there's a whole range, but uh, but I don't know enough about that, so we're gonna have to get someone in there. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna we have to research yeah. that one. Yeah, big time. Right. Um, but as far as your brand, the actual, I do want to talk about your finals. My finals. Yeah. So actual resources. So did you engage someone to make some stuff for you? Or? I have engaged somebody to essentially because I think this is the hardest thing when you I. I had this visualization of like some shit hot website and like I wanted to almost sell everything as word of mouth prior to the actual me getting it into bottle because right. already like the through the conversations I've had on yeah on social media and like I have been publicizing a lot of it on my on my personal one and just the feedback of people following the story and mm. then going of course like I'll have a case I'll have a case all of a sudden I'm realizing that I'm like I could allocate maybe even even if it's like a couple dozen people mm. straight off of like a case of six wines like bang we're already we're talking about some cash in the bank and, and so i really you and through conversations with you as well that you're like you just need to start looking at, at gathering these these contacts and gathering the information for the people mm. from the people sorry so your audience is out there. My audience is out there. Yeah. And so, like, I had that idea and then at the same time I was like, right, I need to, I want to lock down what, like, the actual logo of Bygap looks like. Cool. So that's not set yet? That's not set yet. Cool. I have engaged um, a wonderful, wonderful designer called Amy Yu. Um, very, very small, but yeah. also. Can we find her on Insta? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Find Amy, <laughs> Amy.yu. Um, as in why you? Why you? Uh, I think she's Amy, Amy, you, Amy, me. Actually, now that I, I think about it, but let you me can just check that find out. Her, if you just type in Amy dot why you, um, what is it at dot me that you can now do it rather than dot com? Oh um, uh, yeah, yeah. She's a, she's a dot me account, and you can see her green hair. That's it. That's it. Amy, yeah. you, Amy, me. Uh, so it's A M Y Y U underscore A M Y. M E. Yeah. And you, Amy Me. Amy Amy. And she um, does a very, very Oh wow. She does text art. She does do text art. And that's gorgeous text art. Yes. So I came to her because I was like, I love what you've done in the past, but I, I want you to do the gap version. <laughs> so and I've been sending her these kind of like eclectic mood board uh, things and she's it was an unconventional uh, business meeting in terms of her and I over a bottle of wine talking stuff. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I thought, number one, I need to, I want the logo and I want a font and that will inspire the art for the rest of it because, of course, I have all these ideas of, like, interesting um, websites and posts and stuff like that. But I was like, but I need the one thing that is going to be consistent across all of it. So that needs to be literally just the logo and font. Yes. Because the art design, the photos, the the label. Um, yeah, I wanted it to be. Yay! <laughs> Hell yeah! Just to describe what's happening, David's scrolling through. I'm just going and through and Amy's and just liking and all I'm, of her posts. I'm now a little bit nervous that Amy's going to be like. Hmm. Who is yeah. this guy that's I'm just getting lying. stalked by a weirdo? Oh, no, this wine guy. Oh, God. Anyway, so, that's fine. I'll brief her. Yeah. <laughs> the soft launch. 
yeah. So I have I have started in the design process, and this is the thing: is it's really hard for me. I want I don't want to have a logo that changes every five to ten years to no. to stick with trend. I want something that's going okay. to be there for a long, long time. But the rest of it shifts and moves. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I've she knows me as a person, so she's. I think that's also a really, really unique thing. If you getting me, known by getting your known designer, by your designer, and knowing the right words to say to them in order to capture what it is that you. So, if I was doing this for another client, for example, and mm. they wanted the brand to be a detachment from them and not them as the brand, like I have gone. Mm. I think this would be a very, very different conversation. Gotcha. Yeah, because you have to contextualise it. You have to contextualise it. And that much that is much more focused to who are we selling to, mm. um, whereas the who am I selling to are the people in and around me. Like they are, like, you know, in and around mm. the groups that I connect with and stuff. So if you were going for a more broad escape of that, the – I don't think we'd be <laughs> doing the methodology of, of how I um, approach Jamie and <laughs> yeah, 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 some casual hey, conversations. Yeah. <laughs> a lot more professional. A lot more professional, I'd say. So I guess um, for um, when you're thinking about the finals that you want from this, from yeah. any person who's going to make uh, art for you, like actual yes. artwork, um, the implementation of that is you want um, – Transparent background, yep. PNG files yep. in a couple of like in black and white and yep. maybe coloured if you want it so that other people can apply your logo to their things. Their things, exactly. Transferable. You want um, some sort of tie-in uh, with um, your product hero shot, um, which is your, your up-close detailed mm. photograph. Mm. Um, that should have your logo or something recognisable yes. on it. With wine, if your front label doesn't have your logo and then your logo is on the back or if it's small or whatever because, you know, if you buy sunscreen, the logo's on the front. Yes. You, you don't have to worry about it. Wine's a little bit more nuanced and a little bit more fancy. Mm. But my advice would be if, you, if your product hero shot needs to have that logo applied on it if it's not already there mm -hmm. so you can um talk to your graphic designer about how to do that is it laid behind is it mm -hmm. a circle mm -hmm. does it is it like a, a sticker that goes over the image um these don't have to be real things they can be digital assets yeah um but that information needs to be conveyed um text um uh, sorry secondary font matching exactly you want to get that sort of brief yeah. um you want to have um group shots um so if things are released together or if they have been released for the last four years yeah. you want to kind of get, tell that story yeah. if, if possible each chapter um and then for sales um you want to be able to be uh Think of your average your average uh, wine seller in a bottle shop or in a bar or restaurant. Mm -hmm. They don't have um, not like expansive notes on every product. 
No. You're not a full-time sommelier who's paid to... To research and know. Yeah, yeah, and to spend 45 minutes next to a table and explain why yeah. the false reasoning is better or worse than yeah. the Reinhardt. Uh, it's um, a lot quicker and a lot more casual. You're at a $30 price point. Um so I really think that that's um, you need some like comparisons or some demographic or some interest yeah. notes. Yeah. Um, and your designer can help you incorporate that copy, these like big value propositions. Yes. Into how you present it online. Yes. Or, or in your portfolio or cough my marketplace. <laughs> um so like a comparison, it's like if you make a, a Sangiovese that's light and juicy, it's like Pinot Noir but better. Yes. It's like Pinot Noir but sexier. Yes. It's like Pinot Noir but richer. Exactly. It's like Shiraz but lighter. Mm. Comparisons put things in people's brains. They context. slot them in between other things. Yeah, yeah. context is everything. Um, and that, that was something when I was initially meeting with Amy that she'd sent me this, this document that was like very – very um, normal questions that you would ask people. So why now? Like, what? Why are you establishing this brand now? Where is it going to sit in the market? Right. Why? Who are your? Who inspires you to mm. do this? Um, where do you see it growing to? Like, very. Which I think when you're in these initial phases, these questions are just so integral to just because mm. you're not just it, the, the winemaking bit was the easy part. Yeah. <laughs> It's now let's like, do this. Now I'm in the freakout zone. Like, yeah. This is, so yes, exactly. Um, uh, yes, comparison, um, demographics, boom. Um, you know, some uh, someone who asked for Chardonnay. Yes. Will love this full Malo creamy Fiano Valentino. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you say if uh, if that is conveyed to the person who's selling it on your behalf. Like that's your job. Yes. To tell whoever's buying it as the wholesale buyer how to sell it to the, to the final customer. Because um, the last thing you want to do is to be the bottle of wine that doesn't sell. That's it. In somebody's shop. Mm. And you can help that. Um, the other one I just put here is like any interesting in, interesting notes, like every bottle we plant a tree. Or, yeah. You know, um, there's this great product um, – that uh, is a side project um, mm. and all of the proceeds go to charity. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I, I also think when it comes to like the exclusivity of certain releases that it's like we're releasing it at this point in time because of this story. So let's say because of the bushfires or let's say because yeah. in um, whatever champagne cave that had uh collapsed oh, the collapsed one yeah collapsed yeah exactly yeah. that it's like okay we've literally excavated these bottles from um ruin and so we're only now able to release <laughs> this incredible champagne mm. these are so such like beautiful little juicy juicy moments just right and when it comes to I think this is the thing is like majority of wine sales to the layperson or just to people um, they want to create their personal attachment to it. So if mm. I tell them something memorable like that, like the fact that this has come being dug out of a ruin, mm. of course they're going to remember that. And they're yeah. way more likely to, to purchase that bottle versus mm. 
just another X, Y, Z. So, and you got to think about the, the, the clarity of that message. Mm. Like if you just tell a wine buyer who buys your wine and 10 others yeah. on a Monday yeah. and it gets delivered on Wednesday and they've forgotten and yeah. they don't tell their restaurant manager that it was excavated from a cave, <laughs> then the <sighs> restaurant manager doesn't know. So the restaurant manager doesn't tell any of the customers that it's excavated from a cave. But if you had some, if you'd spoken to your graphic designer about that way back when we're now, when we're building the brand, um, then we can build that in, yeah. build that into the story. Yeah. Mm, I love that. Um, so next pod we're going to do next week, um, I want to do a deep dive into bottles. Oofed. Because you're going to be bottling uh, on Thursday, right? No, no, no. Racking no, on no, Thursday. No, no, no. You're racking, racking. Bottling, bottling in a couple happening. of months. Yeah, bottle, yeah. we're going to uh, loosely August. Loosely August. August, September is what my time frame is for bottling. So Great. So we're going to talk about um, glass. <laughs> Get into oh, it. yeah, bottle shop. Get into it. But, yeah, um, the, the format. Glass selection, closure selection, mm-hmm. how you're going to label because um, you'll be doing it all by hand. Uh, yeah, just – also, the, I'd love to. Sorry to sort of. No, no, no. I was going to say d- just the concept of glass as a vessel and the challenges that that is mm. because um, we're getting we're getting a little bit to the pointy end of um, there's not enough high premium quality sand in order to get to the bottle. So I'm curious to also look at just other vessels that. Great, great. What, what other sustainable options are there out there? In comparison, because for this vintage, yes, I might have my heart set on glass, but for mm. next year, I don't know. Maybe I'm canning it. <laughs> One of my good friends uh, is a ceramic uh, artist. He's got a studio in Brunswick, sa- uh, sa- Sailor Boy. Oh, yeah. Um, and he makes these amazing ceramic cups and, well, like mugs without a handle. Uh, and we drink wine out of them at so, home. Yeah. And it's amazing. Yeah. And I love saying cup of wine. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm in um, the opening segments of uh, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, exactly. Like, King of the House of Montague, <laughs> come and crush a cup of wine. I'm like, yeah, fucking ceramic cup. Yes. Yeah. That's how we did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only costs $10 per bottle to bottle every wine. That's going to be ridiculous. Um <laughs> Yeah, but we'll talk about that and um, do a bit of research into alternate yeah. trends. Yeah. Bag and box. Bag and cans, box. Is that kegs. Kegs. Um, I know I've got a bit of Piquette in the keg at the moment. Hey, so. Piquette, yeah. the trend. Yeah. Um, on this part, I also want to be breaking down trends. So, in the last five minutes, <laughs> what have you seen out there? What have I seen out there? What's um, happening right now? Well, it was definitely boots on the ground. Boots on the ground. I was at a. I was helping work a bar um, in Geelong West on Friday night. Nice. And you do a shout-out? What's the bar? The bar well, no, it wasn't a bar. It was Geelong West Town Hall. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was a gig set up by OK Motels that they do these fantastic, essentially bring a pop-up um, festivals to country towns in right. Victoria. To so the Geelong have, West Town Hall. To the Geelong West Town Hall, which isn't a country town, mm. but yeah. Um, My first job was in Geelong West. No way. Cafe Botticelli. <laughs> That sounds yeah. phenomenal. Oh, my God. Washing dishes at yeah. 14. Jeez. Yeah. But they, they, so they had a pop-up bar in there, and I think it was just a really fascinating thing that 
of all the products that were on offer, um, beer was obviously the number one. And I think had the wine not been in bottle and served into plastic cups, we may have sold more. Or the concept of cocktails also being just easy, user-friendly canning. So it made me think that I was like, okay, well, in terms of trends, like we are turning to these lighter, less breakable um, uh, vessels. So mm. particularly at festivals and stuff like that, and they chill really easily. Yeah. Because that was another issue that the wine hadn't been put in the fridge uh, early enough. So uh, things were cooling down. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just I'm just going to focus on that canning, canning trend. Cans are a trend. Yeah. I love the story that you told me um, last week um, about uh, Dan Murphy's. Who, yeah. who they, they talk about trends they too. About trends. And they came to you when you were working there last year yes. and said Pinot Noir is trending. Yes. And you, <laughs> like, oh, thanks. And my, I think my daughter, I mean, bless. Like, yeah. I mean, it is. It is. You can't argue. It can't, they are correct. But it's um, also been trending for the last eight years. Somewhat, yeah. So, I know. At it's least. Your, it's your going conversation. Oh, you notice that the Cabernets are retracting and the Pinot Noirs are expanding. And I, yeah, that is the, I mean, if there's one trend during the pandemic, every single time a lockdown was called, the three items to absolutely be like decimated were gin, yep, slabs of whatever beer, anything yep. you could get your hands cheap. on that was just, yeah, cheap yeah. and No one was cheap. buying $120 slabs, no, right? No, yeah. they weren't buying $120 slabs of seltzers either. They were, <laughs> it was those two and... Yeah, just a shout know, out to all the people who thought seltzers <laughs> was going to be their <laughs> meal is, ticket. I'm going to unpack seltzers another time. That is okay. most certainly still trend. But for, for cost effectiveness, that is, that, that wasn't the top um, uh, trending. But then Pinot Noir. Honestly, of all the wines from um, each category, the Pinot Noir consistently was just depleted. Totally. Totally. People People want Pinot. People want Pinot. And they were happy to spend it as well because it was a bit of a desperate Wi-Fi and lockdown for I don't know however long. I'm happy to to buy top shelf at that moment. So people's priorities become very much a creature comfort. Yeah. Doesn't matter what you are. Wow. Yeah. I remember going through first lockdown, um, I went into Dan Murphy's and you know how they have those big um, bins? Those big... The bargain bins? The, yeah, the bargain yeah, bins and like it says $8, $9, $10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sure. then the $10 ones still had wine in it, but the 9 8 and $7 <laughs> ones were, were empty. You could yes. see the wood at the bottom of it. And this is a massive wine barrel that they just randomly fill with wine bottles. Yeah. Um, and I was like, that says a lot. It does say a lot. That and says like, a lot. And like, this is the thing is, I have to say that I was, mm. I was in a particular, I was, I was in Collingwood, so it was mm. not the suburb that is uh, dem- uh, that demonstrates the entirety of Australia. But no, of course not. It was classified as one of those stores that does look um, at trend, so mm. it is an indicator of where the future is for retail in comparison mm. to the other stores. So, yeah, great. I think we might have to pull apart trends. I know, exactly. And do, do trends as its own episode. Oh, God, true. Because we could, it was five, we started five minutes ago and I'm just like, oh, yeah, talk about this. Yeah. Talk about this. What about China? We haven't even talked about China yet. Oh, yeah. um, all right, you got that to look forward to next week. Um, 
Yeah. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. See you later. <laughs> Bye.